All right, one time for your mind, one time. We are getting it once again. Your runners, your local neighborhood runners, Kyle Means, Drew Stevens, and Gabriel Wilkins right here starting off another session for y'all here on War Media, bringing it to you live from at War Media on Twitter and War Media on YouTube. Thanks for all those. Thanks in advance for all those who choose to join us on this latest adventure and uh, gave y'all a little bit of a, of a break post finals, but uh, we're back at it uh, for another, another wild show jam packed, a lot going on in basketball from, uh, you know, the WNBA all-star weekend, which we're going to get into in the second half of our show. We're going to have our guys, uh, Josh Hicks, and uh, Stephen Gardner should be joining us on the on the back half of the show to help us preview that. But uh, you got that going on the NBA, of course, the uh, the free market uh, doing its thing as usual with the uh, free agency and trades and everything, uh, extensions, contract extensions, all type of of craziness going on to that end. But it could be even some more that's going on. We really haven't even got to the climax of that yet uh, for obvious reasons. And we'll get into that as well. Uh, you know, the bulls, we uh, will monitoring what they've done in the off season. Of course, we'll get into that and uh, give our, uh, you know, the bulls, you know, the league I said overall hasn't climax, but the bulls may have <laughs> given all the they that they can give in, in regards to this uh, free agency period already. We'll look at uh, what they've done so far uh, and uh, also, you know, you got uh, summer basketball in general, you know, people playing. You know, we, we had our guy on, uh, Law Murray, a couple weeks ago, talk about the Drew League. You had uh, DeMar DeRozan and already showed up there and balled out. You got the, the young kids playing summer league in, in Salt Lake City this week starting off. And in Vegas, they're going to be starting uh, real soon. So we're going to look into some of that as well. Just like I say, really a, a a buffet of topics here uh, laid out for us as uh, me and the guys get back to work. Uh, you know, appreciate you guys coming on and making uh, making some time for me on this Thursday. Pretty good good day to be out, out actually to run run something outside uh, this evening. But, uh, you know, we, we got to conserve our energy. We still – we getting up there in age. At least me and Drew are, you know. Uh, <laughs> My birthday, <laughs> I can't, I can't say nothing. I'm getting up there too, but not that I, I ain't up there just yet. Last year, right, right. <laughs> hey, hey I, I wish I could go back there, man. That, you know, <laughs> but uh, I, I, how y'all doing, man? Overall, at, besides, besides the uh, the aching joints that may pop up every now and then. I'm good, man. I'm, I'm getting old, so I'm, I'm kind of like. Really diving into the, the homebody nature that I've always had. So, I mean, I'm not a big fan of, of, of the summertime. I'm not a really big fan of the heat. Like, I ain't a big fan of crowds. So, the summertime just ain't really my – it ain't my look as it is, man. But, I mean – So, you, you just going to – Hey, I, I talked to you before the show a little bit. So, but you're you going to be outside of town for a lot of the weekend because – you know, it's going to be a lot going on between the the, the All Star game and the, the taste going on, and all type of you know. There's usually all some sort of festivals and stuff that's going on. 
uh, in the summertime, shy weekend, you know, <laughs> randomly, you know. So, yeah, it's, if you don't want to be around people, don't be in, in the downtown Chicago area. Or, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, don't be don't be in anywhere. If you like Drew, yeah, just stay at home or get out the city. <laughs> Sit out in the backyard or something, you know. Yeah, hopefully you got a yard where you can hang out and just be by yourself. I don't, I don't mind that action either. <laughs> nah, but, uh, my favorite time yeah, we. Here. See, yeah. yeah I, I love yeah. it. I love it. Something. I just, I just went to the White Sox game on the Fourth of July. I'm about to go on Saturday. It's my birthday Saturday, so okay. I, I was actually downtown, um, seeing the city folks set up for the taste early this morning as I was. Take care of some business early this morning, but yeah, this is my this is my favorite time of the year. Granted, I'm a homebody at heart, but in July, yeah, I'll be outside. I try to get outside whenever I can. Be outside. <laughs> <laughs> like they be saying on the sidewalk NYC video, we outside. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I'm glad you you put it in that context though, uh, gay, because that kind of that's kind of something I wanted to. To, to throw out here early, like in the context of favorite times of year, given that this is a basketball show. And, you know, I, I just want to get y'all thoughts on this particular time of year, you know, post finals. Like, you know, we, we all love basketball, so we love watching it. And of course we love watching it uh, when the title is on the line. That's when the game is at its highest peak, you know, but, no basketball doesn't stop anymore. You know we it, we you know we we gotten used to this now, especially in recent years, where you talk about the fervor that it, that goes along with anticipating free agency and and you know the the moratorium period. You know we, you, we get a week of that. Even you know people I think people take for granted that moratorium period. It's not just like as soon as July first comes that everybody can do everything. You know, you 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 got that few days where it actually led up to. Uh, I guess it was Tuesday this week, the fifth, where actually everything went was starting to go down officially. But it, it just runs together. At that point, at that point, you have that. You know, you have like I said, summer league ball. You have pro ams and all these different things in different cities, and you know, uh, hopefully. You know, a lot of most of our of our audiences, uh, you know, we we keep trying to feed it to y'all. Hopefully, most of y'all are uh, elevated enough to watch the WNBA, so that that gives you more of the uh, again more reason to follow basketball during this point of the season. So I, I just want to throw it out to y'all about you know how do you size up this this part this particular part of the year where there's no there's no NBA basketball of consequence, but there's still so much going on in the basketball culture, as it were. What you know is this? Is this among your favorite parts of the year? Yeah, like for me, it's the off season. So you know, even though in spite of the free agency news and the chatter and the buzz and guys signing here and wearing with the moratorium with the moratorium period, like this is a chance to like really chill out think about the game from a different angle. You know, you can kind of like recap a, a lot of things that you saw, thinking about what teams need, what they don't need, what are they looking for, why are they looking for it. Then you got the pro-ams. You know, the pro-am is how I fell in love with the game of basketball. 
you know, I had the honor of covering the Ball Up Million Dollar Summer Challenge when it was at Dunbar High School several years ago. And, you know, I just was talking about how uh, old stories, you know, with my father about pro-ams, like even before I came up, like I was too young to remember it, but like the IIT days, um, you know, the Shali, I was in college when Shali was going down. That's how I got to know with a lot of agents, um, intern for, from, for an agent as a byproduct of that, you know, met him, knew who he was long before I even interned for him, you know, and that, and that agency is who represents Bradley Bill, you know, so like, and formerly Paul George, Gordon Hayward, you know, among a, a, a list of names, Steve Kerr, to name a few, but like that, that's really when you get to know with people and you realize the, the true business side of the game, but then you also can relax a little bit and, you know, and let loose and just really love and appreciate the craft. Like you get a chance to see guys that not only in the NBA playing in these pro-am settings, but you get a chance to see guys that are overseas guys that once were college stars and you wonder like, Hey, whatever happened to that dude? You know, you, you see them when they at these, at these settings and showcases. So like, it's, it's always one of my favorite times. And, you know, you could just talk about the game on a different level. You're not thinking about, what's to come but you're just thinking about what was and what's what's soon to follow once you have you know all these moves go down on the free agency um standpoint that's a, that's a great way to put it man i'm glad you you uh outlined that whole uh experience and and uh that history mm-hmm. that recent history here in the city which has been so cool like i'm i was a part of many of the pretty much all those things myself as well like i remember dunbar I, one year i had uh I, I i went there a few times uh for that dunbar shout out to uh shout out to jabba yeah. uh, oh, you know i had uh i i actually uh uh judged a, a dunk contest one year mm-hmm. at the <laughs> at the ball up and um so that was fun and um, you know, we, we had put Jabba on the Dean Davis show that year too. So he was that's when I, I first really got to uh, build with him and, and work with him. So that was real fun. And and really like the uh the the Shy League really was a moment in time, man, when they was doing it at, at Whitney Young and you know, bringing really the whole city together and, and the best, you know, best teams really in the city to come come together and play for that title uh each year was really cool and you know i wish they could have kept that up but you know yeah, it, it is but but uh yeah that's all that really makes you uh really love basketball at a certain level and and you know it, it's it's just as to the, the the summer aesthetic here in, in chicago because we love basketball so much here you know, it takes you back to being a kid and playing outside all day and not having school. And, you know, it is you know not having to worry about nothing. You know, and so when you have stuff like that, yeah, it's 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 just great. But Drew, what what about you? What what are your thoughts on basketball at this time of year? Um, so kind of like what you guys already touched on. I'm more familiar with like the IIT side of it when it used to have um Chicago programs and seeing guys like Chicago's own Will Bynum and, and learning about him and, and his game and just seeing the type of athlete he was. Like, I remember watching him 
And I would imagine, like, I got the feeling watching him that people got watching Derrick Rose before the injuries. Um, mm. Just just being a stocky-ish guard with, with such, like, violent, explosive uh, attributes to his game, man. It's just, it was, it was incredible to watch. I really had never seen anybody like Will Bynum up close in person like that. Um, so just speaking on kind of that side of the of the coin, in terms of the NBA, I don't know if it's because of Zach Levine or Durant kind of throwing a, a monkey wrench into things, but it feels like the NBA news cycle has not slowed down much since the season ended. Yeah, that, I mean, that's typical. Like I said, that's typically how it's been the, in recent years. And some people, I guess some people like it more than others. You know, the the news junkies and the, the NBA news junkies, you, if, you, if you're if you one of those, you got to love it. You know, if you're, if you're a, a content producer, you got to love it, you know, because there's, there's never something that you that's not there to talk about. And, you know, we're going to get into it soon here. But, you know, yeah, uh, pretty much, uh, you know, Durant just went, uh, Nakasami and he, Naka, Naka, Hiroshima and Nagasaki on on the whole NBA. With, so <laughs> maybe maybe he's Hiroshima and uh, and Kyrie is Nagasaki because they <laughs> they kind of did it together. Like they they just blew up everything and, and got the got the league, you know, sort of at a stand like you say at a standstill. You know, still quite a few deals have went down. Some big extensions. We're gonna get into those as well, but you know. Those are the moves that we're waiting on, really, as a as a collective. You know, look, you know, it, our our you know, Kyrie. We pretty much know he's going somewhere. Uh, Kevin Durant. You know, maybe there's there's some people out there. You know, shout out to Scoop B and uh, some few others who are leaning towards him. Maybe eventually staying in Brooklyn, but you know, of course, the the real talk that we gravitate to is. Him going to Phoenix or to Miami or or Toronto or something. People want to see him in a different jersey, <laughs> essentially. And you know that's what really gets people going when it comes to these stories. So, but one 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 more thing before I move on, I'm gonna bring uh Sean Terry in in a second here. But the IIT thing too, that goes back, and you know there's some other pro-ans too that precede that pre predate that as well. To like I said, going back years to the '90s and the '80s, and the 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 crazy thing about those programs is that they didn't have the the public public the public uh, the publicizing that you know Shali had and uh, you know others that have been in recent more recent years. Like the hood just spread the stories out from IIT and stuff like that. Like you know. You, you just hear it from certain people. You, all, you always knew that one person or two who would be like, you know, yeah, I was at the program last weekend. And such and such did this. And such. And you just hear these stories and they spread around the city like wildfire. And and that that's 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 sort of passing along of the word that uh you know that's that's that really adds to legend. You know when you have stuff like that. And then like I said before. Uh, handheld video in most cases, you know, uh, video phones and uh, social media. That's that's when you really get those legendary stories. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because, like, that just made me think back to just hearing some stories from guys in my father's generation. 
who was in their early mm-hmm. 20s, like when the Pro-Am was going down to Chicago State. And you would hear about how yeah. Mike was up there before his rookie season with the Bulls playing for like a team that was sponsored by like Slitch Mall Liquor or whatever like that. You can't buy them type of memories or moments. And, you know, like my father went to high school with Doc Rivers. And, you know, he used to hang out with him and Marquette and whatnot. And, like, he met Mike before he even got drafted. And, like, to just hear some of these stories, you know, from some of those guys from that era about how he used to, like, light up the pro-am. Like, that's really how he kind of became ingratiated with Black Chicago, for real, for real. Like, even before he played a game, people knew who he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, I bring on time to tell you. What up? What up? What's going on, son? Uh, yeah, just glad to have you back home, man. You know, I definitely want to get some of your thoughts on the Bulls coming up here. But you know, you you were you were a native Chicagoan, man, and you know we we get into this talk here about how things were back in the day with some of the pro and some of the legends here. Uh, in summer basketball at least in Chicago. You got any 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 thoughts or any memories that go towards that? Summertime shy, yeah, man. You know, uh I ran with the the older siblings in, in the summertime, older brothers, older cousins. Uh I got a cousin whose claim to fame was that he dunked on Jawan Howard back in the day. Uh oh, wow. shout out Morgan Park. So that was like that was our little stumping ground, you know. Hit up Morgan Park during the day. I'd be on the shorty court, you know, ashy knees, ashy elbows, getting up some shots. And then in the evenings, in the summer, is when it went down at Ada Park, and that's when you would see the likes of uh, uh, Terry Cummins coming back to the crib, Tim Hardaway. You know, I got some fond memories as a kid, just being on the sideline holding the keys and the wallets you know, of, of, the, of, the, of the older brothers and, and cousins while they were out getting their run in with some of the, the, the legends in Chicago. And, and seeing Hardaway just light it up at Ada Park, you know, outside the wind blowing and he's still not missing nothing but net. And, and Terry Cummins looking larger than life, you know, dunking on cats out there. So for me, when I think about the summer and, and you know, childhood memories and basketball, it definitely takes me back to, to the moments. Man, that's beautiful, man. That's, to to be able to say you saw that, man. That's yeah, that 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 kind of trumps well, what I see, man. In, in personally, in person, but you know, we we were talking about how the word spreads around of, of of events and moments like that. But you know, to be able to see brothers like that up close, man. That that's something, man. Yeah, it was wild. It was it was it was wild, man. You know, uh, seeing these cats that you 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 know you collect cards as a kid. So I remember, you know, knowing who Terry Cummins was, knowing that he went to DePaul, knowing that he you know Chicago origins, but then actually getting a chance to see that cat, you know. And and you, if, if y'all y'all remember, I might be dating myself, but you know, this was around the time in the you know late '80s, early '90s. Not every NBA team had a really um, extensive weightlifting program but i would say the spurs were probably one of the teams that did and just seeing like when i say larger than life tc looking like a superhero out there you know with the bowling you know the bowling ball uh shoulders and biceps and just like dominating cats so yeah i mean it wasn't you know it wasn't every weekend that that we we saw that but you know at least once or twice in in the summer seemed like a nice little heyday where you would run into some cats 
with uh with NBA roots and and, and get get you know treated to a show. Yeah, and and nowadays you know you you have a chance to see, you know, at, from time to time you maybe could see some pro players in, in a more uh you know uh relaxed environment like when i mentioned uh demar DeRozan playing in the drew league and you know quite a few big names go to that league uh every year you know the summer league stuff that we've seen now in in salt lake and uh in you know, vegas coming up you know that's that's more of an organized nba thing but it's still there's a chance to see guys at a certain level before they blow up and, uh, you know, before they really develop. And, you know, I, I want to, you know, what Sean mentions about how big some of the guys were back in the day, it makes me think of a tweet I saw today, actually. You know, the big discussion in the past couple of days, there's been a lot of discussion about Chet Holmgren, who sort of mm. uh, showed up to – to the first games here in Salt Lake, in Salt Lake City this year and really uh, made a name for himself already, uh, you know. But, you know, he got pressed a little bit with Kenny, Kenny Lofton's son of all people, Kenny Lofton Jr., Kenneth Lofton Jr., you know, a, a bigger guy, a guy of husk, as a, to quote Brian Taylor's little brother, a man of husk, you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, he, he was putting it on them in that last game uh, that they played. You know, he's with Memphis, and uh, under uh, was he undrafted or second round? I forget. But he's undrafted. Not, he on a two way. Yeah, on a two. Okay, undrafted, and then he's looking like a guy. Some people are saying could be a real fine. Uh, you know, and uh, coming out of that uh, that group uh, of undrafted guys this year, but you know, he he you know he he gave. Gave a little something to Chet, you know, uh, back around a little bit in the post, you know. But overall, Chet has had a, a a nice start to his NBA career, as it were, in the summer game. But people are still going to be talking about his, his until he develops it. They're going to be talking about his frame. And, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to know what you guys sort of fall on that, you know, fall on that, uh, you know, that, that argument. Because the, the, I'm the tweet again that I, uh, I almost forgot. Uh, the tweet that I saw today was talking about how forwards used to be in the NBA and it had a oh, big man in my forward, but they had pictures of Shaq and like Carl Malone looking all small. Yeah, yeah, you saw that game, and then there's yeah. a picture of of, of uh, the guys today, and I think it was like Giddy and. Uh, <laughs> And Chet it was like poker savage. Yeah. It was poker oh, savage. Like like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, the, yeah, the, like yeah. OKC front court guys. Right. They got the, the two string beans, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I just wonder, like, do you, and, and you know, whether you know you generalize it or you want to uh, narrow it down to Chet? You know, I think I think Chet is going to be fine. You know, but you know, what what do you guys think about his prospects right now? I think it's just in terms of talking about his body, man. Like it's 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 kind of old, man. Like it's it's the low hanging fruit. Like we he is what he is. He's been this since you know he crossed over Steph Curry um, some years ago. Like it's it's obvious that he's he's gonna have to put on some weight and um, you know really kind of build up his foundation. But at the same time, you know you remember hearing some of the same talk about Captain Grant. Granted, they don't they're not gonna be used in the same way. Um, it remains to be seen exactly how Chet is going to be used when he gets on the court with SGA and, and Giddy and the, and the main guys. But 
um, you know, maybe this is similar to Kevin Durant in that years from now, all that talk about his body may not quite, you know, have a weight to it, pun intended. Um, by the time we get to it, you know. <laughs> yeah, and and this this you know we could think we could go to uh, to Giannis. Giannis was very slight, you know, at the beginning of his career as well. You know, there's this is the pros. People, he he's got people going to work with him. You know, talk about shit. He got nutritionists. They got weight training programs. They got, you know, he he may never be. He's not going. Ever be Xavier McDaniel or or Anthony Mason or nothing, but he, but he, probably, he you know he's still a growing boy. So I'm sure at some point in his mid twenties he's gonna get his body to where it's gonna be ideally, and you know in his prime he'll be able to do the, the skills are what they are, and and the game is what it is. To, like people don't play the same way that they did 34 years ago. I don't see foresee him being in many situations where he's going to get banged around, even even if he has to play Kenneth Lofton Jr. <laughs> uh, you know, so five or six times a year. You know, maybe though, maybe you know, some some individual matchups give players problem. Maybe that'll just be a bad matchup for him. But I think most matchups he's going to have uh, Chet Holmgren going to have a pretty easy time with. I think he'll be fine, um, but. One thing people got to realize, most guys, when they come into the league, their bodies aren't what you see in year five and year 10. Like, I just was looking at a photo, um, a lot of photos of guys, like, in summer league, their rookie years, and comparing them to where they are at now. Jimmy Butler had a photo, like, on, like, one of the NBA Italian pages, and, like, he looks different, you know, from 2011 compared to now. James Harden. Is much different. James Harden was, you know, a slender built Gilbert Arenas type of like built. Now you see him, he's built like a running back. So like guys getting to work out in the weight room, you know, they work out and they train year round. And like you said, they have nutritionists, they have um strength and condition trainers, be it with the team, be it personal, you know, where they, they do an extension of things to get their body. To the level in which you've seen them at. And you brought up Giannis. That's a great example. Because I remember when Giannis was in summer league and I was showing someone highlights of him when I was in college. And I'm like, that guy's going to be nice once he finds a way to put it all together. And they like, you think he's going to put on muscle? I'm like, he plays the wing. He's going to have to put on some muscle. Like, that's going to come over time. Now you see him, you know, he, he looked like one of the strongest dudes in the league. Right. He's he moving, he moving through now. Yeah, but check. Chet, Chet will be fine. Now, I am interested to see Chet when he goes up against guys like Embiid and Jokic at the current state in which they're in in the prime of their career. But like you said, Cal, I think he'll fare pretty well. And some guys just are who they are. It'd be like, I mean, Yao Ming wasn't the bulkiest dude, but he was taller than everybody. And he was like over 300, even though he had his frame didn't show it. And when you look at his reign and his, his, you know, his length, like that was the, the probably one of the best sequences of his, of his first couple games was the one where uh, I forget who, who it was. Uh, 
on uh, who's who's God, but the the guy they 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 sort of they sort of dipped in like they were going to drive in, then they stepped back. So uh, on most play, most defenders in that situation on that step back wouldn't have reached him. But Chet, all he had to do was put that arm up. He blocked him, got the ball free in the open, in the open and, and led to a led to a basket for Oklahoma City. But it, it started with an unexpected lock on a on a mid-range setback. It's like I think 95% of the defenders wouldn't have got to. But Chet, because he's so long, he all you have to do is put that hand up. So that show that's when when people talk about unicorn, you know, that's the type of stuff they talk about there. And it, and it, it extends beyond his offensive ability. It's on both ends of the court. So that the potential is there for him on both ends. You know, it's, it's gonna be great to see how uh you know how he develops. And uh, other players, you know, they they like I said they're gonna roll out uh more players. I think tonight there's gonna be the first matchup between uh Paulo Banchero and uh and and uh, Smith. Smith. Yeah Jabari Smith. So that's gonna be great to see uh tonight. Uh but uh that's you know, some people make fun of, uh, you know, being into, really into the summer league stuff. But I dig it, man. I like, I like to see these young players get thrown into the water right away, and uh, you know, see how they do. It, it, it's not indicative of much, you know. And and celebrating these summer championships and stuff is kind of, kind of crazy. Like when you <laughs> you win a title in, in in Vegas, like you know, you shouldn't be out there like. Like Minnesota in the first round this year, don't don't be uh, don't be doing all that. But but it, it, it's good to see these players play and, and and in a lot of ways get their first taste of, of NBA action and see what they do with it. But uh, speaking of a young gunner, I'm gonna bring in one Josh M Hicks and uh. Oh, we got a whole five. We got five deep now. We got a whole starting lineup. Let me me get the screen right for us. There we go, a little bigger. But Josh, what's going on, man? What's up, fellas? What's up, fellas? Glad to see all y'all vibrant faces today. What's up, Sean? What up? What up? My guy. Good to see you. Josh, man, what's up, man? You. You uh, you you excited by anything with the with the summer league, man? You you anticipating anything with with some of these young these young players? Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to what the Bulls are going to do starting tomorrow. Uh, they start the summer league journey tomorrow, and um, I'm interested to see. Obviously, I got I got to pay attention to the Blue Demons. You know, us Blue Demons got to stick together, so I got to see what's happening mm-hmm. with Javon Freeman, the hometown kid. Uh, Freeman Liberty playing for the Bulls uh, this summer league. You know, covering him last season, you, I got to see how his final go around at DePaul, and uh, to be able to see him uh, do his thing there and transition now to the summer league with the Bulls. I'm interested to see what things he's worked on, what game he's improved on, and see how uh, he fares up in the pros of professional league perspective. But also, um, also uh, a, a conference of foe of his per se, Justin Lewis too. Justin yeah. Lewis. Uh, is, uh, That's your good cousin, next teammate. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, you know they Marquette, DePaul, clearly the rivalries in the family now. But um, at the end of the day, uh, Justin Lewis fits exactly what the Bulls are looking for. 
We're talking about uh, length, versatility on both ends of the floor. And he made some noise in the Big East, being uh, making that all-conference team in, uh, uh, for the Big East. So I'm interested to see how those two play together because playing against each other, uh, watching those, watching that game up close, was a very exciting to see. Now that now that him and Javon are going to be teammates on the on the same squad, I'm interested to see how they're going to play together and see what that chemistry is going to look like over there. So I'm looking for obviously I've picked, picked some things. Uh, from a summer league perspective, especially with Chet, Chet has been killing. His, his first uh, go around was, you know, one to remember. But I'm, I'm interested to see what the Bulls are going to do starting tomorrow. So, you know, definitely going to be checking that out. Yeah, and, and get a get a chance to see Dale and Terry as well. But you know, I mentioned uh, some people being high on uh, Kenny Lofton Jr. as a, as an undrafted guy. A lot of people are talking about Lewis as well as a as a possible find. Uh, you know, uh, undrafted. So that'd be really nice if, if the Bulls can come away with something like that. Uh, and, you know, after, you know, not having, you know, just having Terry, I guess, in some way. Some people would say just have, <laughs> you know, but, you know, definitely some promise that is that is there amongst that group. But uh, let's, 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 let's just go. We're talking Bulls now. Let's get into the Bulls. Uh, specifically, and then broaden it out to the the rest of the league. You know, with this moratorium period uh, leading into now officially, where deals have been made, being made, so people are jotting their, their signatures on the dotted line. Uh, uh, Drew, I just saw the tweet you made uh, uh, the the quote tweet on uh, Zach's deal becoming official. He said. What do you say about Nick Friedle fuming somewhere or something? <laughs> yeah, man. You know Nick Friedle. Nick Friedle was was talking about how the Bulls should just let him go, and he's not worth the money. There's too much money to pay him, hey. so just taking a shot at Nick, man. You know whether you believe Zach is worth the money or not, there really was only one course of action for the front office to do, and that was for them to resign him. So yeah, just taking a little uh, a lighthearted jab at him. That's all. Yeah, I mean, I'll open the floor to y'all, but what, you know, starting with that, like the Bulls, pretty much their offseason right now has come down to these three moves, re-signing uh, Zach Levine, signing Andre Drummond to be the backup center, and um, uh, signing Goran Dragic. They've also re-signed uh, 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 Derrick Jones, but, uh, you know, not much <laughs> in, the, in the way of sparks. But you know, I think for a lot of people who uh, have looked at the team and looked at their, you know, the past year or so, what has led up to this, you know, it's not too surprising that they've stayed, that they mostly stood pat. But you know, I, like I said, I'll leave it to you guys. Are you disappointed that they mostly stood pat? Did you want to see them be more aggressive, or what? You know, what 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 do you think about what they've done and what it, what it, what does it reflect? Uh, affect you, I guess, your initial expectations for this offseason. So, Zach Levine, being able to re-sign him, he's the crown jewel of the offseason, whether or not you believe he was coming back or not, um, you know, to be able to get him back on a five-year deal with a player option on that fifth year was the most important move. Um, that being said, I'm kind of bittersweet on everything else they did. You know, I think Andre Drummond being a rebounder he is, as big as he is, I think he can help um, off the bench. I think Dragic, depending on 
the situation with Lonzo Ball and what they decide to do with Kobe White. He can be somebody that can also help in limited minutes. But those are two guys that you only want to use as utility guys. You don't want to have to depend on them in any large capacities. Um, I'm disappointed that they didn't – they weren't able to land like an Isaiah Hardenstein or a Mo Bamba because even though those two guys don't project to maybe, maybe make them ascend to – a championship contender level, they at least kind of set them up for the years to come um, as potential replacements for Vucevic. So just in that regard, it's, it's disappointing. My expectations are, again, tempered with this team. I'm not expecting them to land the seed any higher than fifth at best uh, this upcoming season, but I still think they have a, a good team or they should have a good team barring health, and their bench is at least marginally better than it was last season. So you know, as, as much as Bulls fans want to scream and shout and, you know, set the Reinsdorf's offices or, or house on fire, like, they are at least somewhat better. Again, granted, you know, Lonzo Ball being healthy and everybody staying healthy as best as they can, they're in a better position now than they were when the season ended. I think they had an average offseason. Now, I do give them credit for, you know, re-signing Levine. And one reason why I give them credit for re-signing Levine is the first contract in the history of the franchise that's over $100 million. Um, Bulls typically don't give out that amount of money. Jerry Ryan doesn't typically give that amount of money. Gabe, I, I just had to get this here right quick. I'm sorry. But that's that's one of those things where it's like like uh, this week uh, the, the Sharks hired the first black GM in NHL history. That's one of those mm-hmm. things where it's like, yeah, are we we doing the first black thing still in 2022? <laughs> like, this $100 million contract in 2022? And you've been yeah. the NBA franchise for 50 yeah. years? I mean, yeah. Come on, man. That was a landmark I, I, day to me. That, that was a landmark day. People thought I was joking when I said it on Twitter. Like, that that's a landmark day. I don't even know why when they made the announcement just now that they didn't even have him, like, sign it like on an um, iPad or something, if he wasn't around the privacy, like that's a landmark contract in the history of that franchise when you really think about it. He got a deal that not even Michael Jordan could get, like 30 million when he was signing one-year deals, that's like 50 million with inflation now, a season, and which would be a landmark contract for a single season, but like for Zach to be able to get that amount of money, that that's a big deal, and it does show that they are at least somewhat committed to a guy that's become their de facto face of the franchise um, these last few years. I give them credit for locking that up. However, this was a team that said that they wanted to get more athletic. This was a team that said that they wanted to get more shooters. Drummond, I like Andre Drummond, and I think he's a guy that could potentially, at some nights you might see him starting at the five for the Bulls if he's really playing well. Of course, he's a great rebounder. But you still have the same issues that you have with Vucevic in the sense that when guards are out there hunting down mismatches and isolation in the pick and roll, they're going to seek to get him. And when they get him isolated on the perimeter, I wonder how he's going to be able to hold up. One thing we know with Drummond, dating back to his time when he was with the Lakers and even in Brooklyn, when he gets in foul trouble, he's not really helpful for you. Um, but I, do, I don't mind the pickup being a one-year deal. I, I don't mind the Dragic pickup, but then you have so many guards now. You know, between um, Terry, you know, your, your first-round draft pick, and Io and Kobe, 
and, and Caruso, yeah, like the guard room is deep, and that's a great thing, but it's not enough room for everybody to eat. So who's getting moved is my question. You know, and, and you know, I know they were trying to make a move with Danilo Gallinari, but the thing that really bothers me the most about this offseason, today is the last day in which the Bulls can use their $5 million um, trade player player trade exception or whatever, a TPE on a Daniel Theist, and they haven't used it. You know, if you want to win, you got to take advantage of, 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 of player trade exceptions like that. You know, and they, they haven't done that. And I, I just want to know at some point with this group, they're going to have to go over the luxury tax at some point. When will they do it? Question, you know, remains to be answered and it remains to be seen. Yeah, a lot of Bulls fans were, were, were disappointed, largely based on what we saw with, with AK in, in the first two years and making really significant roster changes and kind of catching people off guard and doing so. Um, we saw a different side of that this this free agency period where everything leading up to you know the start of free agency, we we heard the same the same message: continuity, keeping the core intact. Um, and I don't know if people were expecting something different, like he was, you know, kind of, you know, doing smoke and mirrors and was going to do something to shake up the roster. But, you know, I wasn't disappointed because everything I heard sort of resonated with the approach that they took in, in free agency and um, and actually surprisingly keeping guys like Derrick Jones Jr. I actually thought he was gone, you know, and the fact that they were able to not only uh, bring him back, but bring him back on a, on a two-year deal, I believe, and have it not affect the, uh, the, the the hard cap because he, you know, the Bulls retain his bird rights. Like, I thought that, that was a pretty savvy move. Yeah, so, you know, not getting the rim protection that, that you know, I have my wish list, Mo Bamba and some other guys that y'all saw me throwing out there on Twitter. But um, not addressing the – I think the, the rim protection is probably the one thing that has me still a little leery. Um seemed like they doubled down on that just you know getting perimeter defenders we are definitely guard heavy now and i wonder uh, how the bulls are gonna you know how donovan is gonna gonna shake that out from a minute standpoint but um you know it, it may all work itself out we don't know the status of lonzo ball yet still so having that depth may come in handy um so i'm, I'm kind of in a wait and see mode you know I, I've, I've started to uh, get a little older and get a little bit more patient when when these moves play out. Now that we have a capable-minded front office, uh, you know, I'm willing to give them a little bit more more leash to see, you know, how how the, how the vision comes together. Uh, and here for me, I'll, I'll say this: you know, a lot of a lot of weight is being placed on Pat Williams right now, right? Like the Bulls are basically on. I said they they you know a lot of people are saying they're sink or swim with Pat Williams. And I, I don't necessarily see that. You know, I, I think that if he makes a, a small jump, an incremental jump, and, and you know, is a guy that kind of, you know, is a Swiss Army knife type and, and stays healthy, uh, that'll be great. But there's there's still that, that question mark that I think Marco Simonovic is really the wild card in all of this because he's the power forward. He's the, the, the backup forward that you need right now that's on your roster. And if he if it comes together for him and he makes a big jump, then I think things congeal a lot clearer. If he doesn't, if he's still not ready 
he's not physically ready or mentally ready to play at the NBA level, then you have a big problem at, at, in your front court, especially at the power forward position. So for me, that's that's the one player who summer league I'm going to be zeroing in on, um, you know, really queuing in to his responses when he's put in front of the media and really just looking to see, you know, if he can really make a big jump. I'm with you, I'm with you there, Sean, and I'd love to see Marco take a leap, but I don't think that that negates putting any pressure on P. Will too. Like we gotta, he has to step up a bit more, especially if plans are going to be for him to be the starting four. Like, you know, by the time we get to, uh, you know, I get we. The, the thing is, we won't see him in Vegas, so his his maturation is going to have to take place on his own terms, I guess, in private or whatever. But by the time they get to camp, he's got to be ready. He's got to be ready to go right away. And, uh, you know, hopefully that'll, hopefully that'll, that'll be exhibited, uh, you know, by his interactions with the team. And, uh, you know, hopefully they'll be, they'll, they'll, their belief will be, uh, you know, will be uh, because, you know, like 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 Gary said, you know, Reinsdorf is being cheap, and it's <laughs> tough. And it, it, he's being well, he's really being himself, and it's tough when we finally do have such an a potentially advanced uh, uh, front office people making decisions on the roster on the on the personnel, but the purse strings are still as short as they are. Like you gotta spend money to win in, in the NBA, and if you ain't willing to simply go over the tax, like Gabe said, then you ain't gonna get nothing in the league. You know, you see how Golden State does it. You see how you know pretty much every team who who gets to the finals at least they spend the money that's needed to to get there. And if the Bulls don't want to spend money, then they're just gonna be uh, uh, you know at best a, a two a second round team every year. And, that's- and I want to add to that. I want to add to that before Josh go. You got to think about something. The Bulls always among the league leaders in NBA attendance. They always among the league leaders in merchandise sales. You play in the third largest market in the NBA. In third largest media market. Yeah. You have the money. Cleveland's going over the luxury tax on two occasions. To try and help LeBron go to Northeast Ohio, they don't really have an excuse. And Cleveland's a small market team, by if you go by metrics and standards, compared to the Bulls. So when you bring that up, and then you talk about Golden State and Cleveland doing it, where are you in the mix? The Lakers have done it. The Knicks have even done it to put out below average teams. Where are you? Well, well, Gabe, you you a Sox? Man, too, and and so the socks are run the, the competition financially for the socks is Kansas City and Cleveland mm-hmm. and Oakland, and then so you know, in baseball, you can get away with that at a certain level, but like I said, in, in, in the NBA, you can't be cheap and expect to win at all. Yeah. Well, Josh, you got yeah, you, you can't, you can't be cheap, you know. It's it, it's all about the Benjamins. You want you want the titles to go with it, so you got to bring the Benjamins on out, man. You, gotta, you can you can't can't be holding that pocket too much. But Sean, you a you a patient guy, man. 
Because uh, you talking about you patient. I ain't got no patience. I went through a whole decade of dark packs where we were completely butt horrible. And you can go for with all the stuff they're doing. And the finally we get a chance to go past that, we move on and we want to be patient again. Nah, I'm not I'm not trying to do all, I'm not trying to hear all that. You already had your time, bro. This it's, it's gut check time. You have already changed the dynamic of the franchise. You turned this team around drastically within your first two years here. And you progressed each year. Now it's time to take to that next step to the next level. Your window is open now. So you, because your window is open, you just resigned your all-star, your top guard, your top player on your team, paired with another all-star, and you technically still have your big three intact. And Lonzo comes back, technically somewhat of a big four. You need to capitalize on this. And this was the offseason to do it. Um, I, I obviously, like Gabe said, great job resigning Levine. Matter of fact, we should call that day Zach Levine Day. I will purposely take off work and have drinks just to celebrate myself for this historic <laughs> achievement by the Bulls. Because, my goodness, who would have thought this was going to come? But now that we're there, you got to take another step forward. Which means if you need another big man and you need to get to fill that, you need someone that's going to be able to fill that void at a high quality rate talent, you should be doing that. There's no reason you have a trade exception and you don't use it. Like, that's just, the, that's just the bottom line. You have to use it. You have to inquire on people, even if it's not like a Miles Turner or anybody mm-hmm. like that that's going to be on the market. You still got to get it for somebody because that's somebody going to be better than what we already got now. So so I don't understand that process of thing. Now, you know, I digress. We are way better than the guy practice era. So we have to be happy, have my drinks. You know, we'll be good. Mellow out a little bit. We all right. However... When you talk about bulls and expectations coming from the history of this franchise, the GOAT himself bringing six here, and you want to get back to that championship type of level, you got to move different. And you already showed that, you know, you can be like G, moving silence like Jesus sounds like lasagna. Well, you need to add on top of that mozzarella cheese and get some more of that lasagna in place. <laughs> like, that's, you got to do what you got to do. And it's just, and at this point, there really should not be an excuse why you don't take that extra leap, especially since Gabe mentioned all those things. You're in the third largest media market. You have the top, the top, one of the tops in attendance and merchandise. You have superstar talent now that actually helps fill up those seats even more than when you were filling up the seats before. The resources are there. It's time for you to capitalize on it. And that's where it trickles down from ownership on down, which has always been an unfortunate cancer as to why the Bulls could not win and can't win at this moment past the Jordan era. And if they don't capitalize on this, what's going to start happening is what happened prior to the pandemic. When Eugene from the bigs was at the game, when they was playing Toronto, and he said, look at this. You got to defend the world champions, and it wasn't a sellout crowd at the United Center. And he put it, he had his phone. i I never forget that, that tweet. And I was like, now that's something. And that was during the year in which they were hosting the NBA All-Star game. Mm-hmm. That's something that you got to think about. Bulls fans of past will still come to games, but it's a generation of Bulls fans that do not remember Michael Jordan. They don't know Scottie Pippen. They only know Michael Jordan for his shoes and what he does as a businessman. And Scottie Pippen and like Dennis Rodman, they don't remember that. What do you do for the next generation of fans? And that's the thing that I think Reinsdorf in his front office has to think about. I think AK and Mark have done a good job thus far, 
you give them a little bit of leeway to a certain extent, but they still got to show and prove, and they got to keep building. But see, that's that's my thing, Gabe. So if if there's some dissension, which I want to get back into too, but if that's the dissension between what Acme is trying to do and what the Ryan's doors are going to allow them to do, that's a problem. And Absolutely. If, if, if the front office was going through this offseason with one hand tied behind their back, then I think we need to look at these moves that they made a little bit differently. Um, but going back to my, my, my original point, like that's that's the thing that's bizarre about this whole thing. You, you brought in AK and you brought in Everly and you brought in JJ Polk to be able to and and you know um to turn this thing around and they've done a great job at it, and now it's like you're putting a glass ceiling on them. Tony, 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 if I'm AK, if I'm Eversley, like, are you second guessing taking this job? If in fact what we believe to be true is true, that the Ryan's, Ryan's kind of capped them on how much money they were going to allow them to spend, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do, how do you allow them to make the moves that they made to give up the assets that they gave up to do the things that I'm assuming you wanted them to do to get your get your business, get your team back in good standing, and help kind of redirect. Um, the reputation of the franchise to, to now just kind of again handcuff them and not allow them to continue to progress and do the things that they need to need to do in order to help this team get to the next level. It's just it's, it's like two, two forces working against each other. It seems like right now. It's like that in the Bulls front office, and it's like that in the White Sox front office. And one thing about it is you got to think about this. And I, I know this for a fact because my mom used to work for the late Eddie Einhorn. She was the special assistant to the vice chairman um, for 10 years with the White Sox. Jerry Reinsdorf, when I was a little kid, I used to have a lot of conversations with him. One thing I do know, even though I never talked about business with him at an early age, he will do whatever the hell it takes to pull you back in as a fan. And once he has you, hey, he's done his job. It's about, for a lot of these owners, not just Ryan's door, but most owners, period, it's about collecting a profit. Like, if we look at the NBA, and we think about it, there's 30 teams in the league. Only four competing for a gold ball year in and year out, for real. Everybody else just, at, they not even at the table. They not even at the crap table. They playing somewhere else on the slot machine. But it's like, it's only really like four legit championship contenders. What you gonna do to put yourself among them four? That's the big question that you got to ask yourself. And, and if you're going to do that, you got to know, like Mike said on Last Dance, that when it has a price. It's just a bad look if you're third largest largest uh, market and you're, you're getting tax money from other teams that are willing to go into the tax to improve this situation. It's just it's not a good look at all. And maybe that's I'm, – I'm, I feel like I'm, a, I'm older. I'm one of the older guys here, but that's not a part of the game that I looked at until recently. You know what I mean? So just – it, it kind of blows my mind, man. I, I know, I know, I know. I'd love to give, I'd give a certain amount of money to see little Gabe uh, press putting pressure <laughs> on get on, on Jerry Ryan for that little kid. <laughs> <laughs> why ain't you, why ain't you getting more free agent, Jerry? he he was somebody. I mean, I didn't like. I said I didn't talk business with him, but. I was always fascinated with things, and I would hear him talk about certain players at high reverence, such as Mike. He never talked about another player like that. You could tell he valued Michael because he knew what Michael bought from the box office standpoint. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's you know he's he's old school that way. That's 
we know how he's run both of those franchises for 30 years now, over 30 years. So, it, like I said, he's going to be – he's going to do him. We it, it's, it's unfortunate because we thought that at this point, you know, with, you know, his son stepping up to him and, like I said, with some of the hires that being able to – Re, to do away with the golf tax era, like we did, thought that that would come with some a certain amount of progression that would lead to an opening up of of business practices, as it were. But it's not uh, it's not completely open that way. So we just got to uh, see how they'll navigate in this this new space, and you know how they choose to keep up and with the other contenders in the league and, and see if it works for them. Like in the end it's gonna come down to how these players mesh on the court and uh you know will they mesh in a better way than they have than they will for other teams. You know, we still have got that still remains to be seen. But you know they there has been an effort there at least I guess but it it ain't been the same effort as, as the Hawks at least. I, I gotta mention that because today the Hawks are like made two drastic trades and like everybody who's a Hawk fan on Twitter like is poo-poo in these trades. Like they think they suck. So I, I that's one thing I tell Bull fans like, you know, but beware you sometimes you get what you want and, and it turns out to be what you really don't want or really need, you know. So uh you know. Nah, I want at this point bro. I want it at this point. I forget it. I want it. Give me my extra meat, steak, and potatoes on my plate at this five star. Give it to me. So you want uh, you you wanted them to trade P Will for like three three draft picks? <laughs> Not necessarily. I mean, you gotta obviously evaluate the package. It's just like you evaluate the menu at a restaurant. Not everybody's worth the extra steak and potatoes. You gotta make sure you get the right stuff at the right place. But okay. You let, gotta let, at least consider those things. I mean, you got because okay, well, let's 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 okay, let's let's expound now onto the league as a whole because the big trade that has come about, the big move that has come about, where you know half of the people you ask will say, you know, good on the the good on Minnesota for doing this. Other half, maybe you know, you ask maybe like uh, they played themselves. That's of course. The Rudy Gobert trade, and now with the you know in, in relation to the Bulls, you know so much talk going into the moratorium period was that oh, the Bulls are in play for Rudy Gobert, this and that, and you know as, as it turns out, you know some of our trusted reporters have uncovered that the Bulls weren't really in uh, play as much as we thought, and that's primarily because they couldn't have gave a package to Utah that Minnesota wound up giving. And, you know, you know, starting from that, you know, where you give, you know, to run it down, they gave up Pat Bev, they give up, uh, uh, what's my name, Beasley. Beasley, they give up uh, the, the picks. Walker I, Kessler. I got the trade right now. Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt. A 2023 first-round pick unprotected, 2025 first-round pick unprotected, 2027 first-round pick unprotected, and a 2029 first-round pick top five protected. They also gave up Leandro Balmero in that deal. So yeah. that's a lot of unprotected picks. So I can kind of understand. And those when you got unprotected picks, 
Yeah, you playing with house money if you Utah. So like you you never know where those picks can fall. Yeah. Even and though it, they should fall outside the lottery as Minnesota seeks to compete for the playoffs at this point. Right. That's the thing. Minnesota's making a conscientious move. They they doing what Josh wants the Bulls to do. They putting they putting the steak on the on the platter and <laughs> with extra <laughs> sauce on it. Definitely. And, and they're creating something that we haven't seen in the league in quite a while, a true twin tower situation. I mean, you know, I'll just give it to you guys. What do you think about Minnesota and what they accomplished here? And, and do you think it's going to work for them? You know, their team that they put a lot of pressure on that, on that Memphis team. It was a great series in the playoffs, but is, is this something that they can do? That, that they're going to be able to do to really utilize them as uh, contenders in the West. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They gonna be they gonna be special, man. If, if as long as they keep they got if they keep doing D'Angelo Russell <laughs> and keep him at the point, they 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 got something because you put him in a backcourt with Ant, with Ant Man and Anthony Edwards. If he as long as he continues to emerge, and then. I forgot who's going to be your wing player, but you have Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. James Rudy Gobert fills the void, fills the role that Minnesota wanted Carl Anthony Towns to play, and that's not Carl Anthony Towns' game. Carl Anthony Towns is a stretch four. He is a versatile stretch four. So he wants to shoot from the perimeter. He wants to shoot the threes. He's, that's, that's his skill set. He's not a post player, even though he can bang in the post. That just, they just open up his whole offensive game now by bringing Rudy Gobert in there and knowing that defensively Rudy Gobert is what he brings to the table. So Minnesota, I don't know if they're going to be you know better than what they did last year, but as far as from an entertainment perspective and as far as an offensive game plan perspective, they just open up the playbook. And that's, and that's something that we wanted – we would want Minnesota to do, especially if Anthony Edwards takes that next step. That's that's going to take the Timberwolves to another round where they can be that second round team. Um, but it all, all everything matters at this point, really, on what they do with the with the Angela Russell and the continued emergence of Russell and Anthony Edwards because. Carlton Towns is gonna do his. I, I expect Carlton Towns to take things to another level as well, just because now he doesn't have to worry about playing the five. He's strictly in that power forward slot, which gives him the versatility that he in the free in terms of the free reign to play his skill set. So at this point, there's no excuses. Carlton Towns has no excuses moving forward to taking things to that next level. So they have something there, but championship, man, no, nah, they still got a ways to go. I, I give you this, Josh. Like they, they definitely up their entertainment value. Like I think, barring what happens with KD and Kyrie, they're gonna be a must-watch. Like in terms of when the season rolls back around, like everybody's gonna be clamoring to see how this team looks with with two bigs, um, oh. with the skill sets of uh, Gobert and, and Towns. And I think that I don't think they're necessarily a championship contender, but I think they're better than a first-round exit that they were last uh, last season. So I mean in the sense that this trade should help them advance further. It's a win for them and, and kudos to ownership in the front office for having the balls to pull off such a big trade and, and give up so much for, for somebody that a lot of people have a lot of doubts about. 
Meanwhile, I'm not necessarily doubting Gobert as much as I am Towns in the sense of how is he going to look on defense on the court with Gobert um, when when other teams try to attack him from the perimeter. That's that's what my concern is in terms of where this team might stumble a bit come playoff time. I think that's why they added Gobert. Because one thing, I, I saw Minnesota when they played the Bulls. And one of their biggest weaknesses, as great as they were offensively through various stretches of the season, they ain't had no rim protection. And we we saw it, you know, in the first round series against Memphis. John Morant was able to get wherever he wanted through like the first four games until they were, until they said, until Finch basically said, we're not going to let him beat us and we're just going to pack the paint on the drive and we're just going to force him to kick it. I think that was a, I think this trade is a byproduct of what John Morant did to that defense, carving them up left and right. I think the one positive about Gobert being in Minnesota is unlike Utah, he'll actually be surrounded by quality shooters. Carl Anthony Towns, we know can, can shoot the ball with the best of them, even at seven feet tall at the four, he's going to help you stretch the floor. Anthony Edwards is much improved in that regard as a three point shooter. Jaden McDaniels, you saw what he did in game six against Memphis. He had uh, one of the best games of his young career to date. And I think he's going to be a, a hell of a player for that franchise. And I think he has the potential to be an all-defensive player on the wing um, someday. So I, I think he helps their defense. And, yes, he definitely makes them more of a watchable team. They're getting national televised games in the wake of this deal. Uh, I can't wait to see their schedule and who they play, you know, on national TV because those will be big-time games. And I think those fans in the Twin Cities would be up for those games. But, um, I mean, it's an interesting move. But, like like, like Drew said, I think they're a team that they go past the first round. When the second round comes about, I think we'll really find out who they truly are among the power players in the West. Yeah. And this, I guess, you know, because these, like I said, these are big trades. And they go both ways, you know. Right, right, quick. You know, what do you think about Utah and what this says about them and their plans going forward? Like, you know, is this is this a setup for another big, another big trade, getting Donovan Mitchell out of there, or are they actually trying to remodel the the team in his image, as it were, and making it more appealing for him? You know, because we know that there have been issues at times between him and Gobert. You know, are they making the team more ideal for him to be their number one guy, or or are they like I say setting up another big move? I, I you know, I, I would do the 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 Wendy here. You know, you know, <laughs> you know, the Jazz are doing this, and maybe uh, maybe they're doing. I, 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 you know, I can't do it like Wendy, but. You know, what, 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 do you, what do you think about what's going on in Utah? I mean, I can, like, I can tell you, I can do my my best Stephen A. Respect, uh, Stephen A. impression. Get, if I'm Dr. Mitchell, get me the hell out of Utah. Get me, <laughs> get me out of those mountains and take me to the palm trees, baby. Take me to Miami <laughs> Beach. Take me to MIA. This is what I, I, I do to answer your question, Kyle, in all honesty. Yeah, I think the Jazz want to make this work with Donovan. But if I'm Donovan, what's what's the purpose of me staying there? You mm. got rid of my best center. Mike Conley's aging. Joe Ingles is gone. The only best thing from a young perspective is Jordan Clarkson, which is my sixth man. But we didn't. We barely made the playoffs 
in previous years and bet, didn't even make it past the first round. And that's with all of the best talent there. And it's not like anyone's going to willingly go to Utah because, I mean, it's just Utah. So no one's really going to go there. So why, if you want to win as badly as you do, and he's, as he says he wants to, you got Dwayne Wade up in, in your ownership right down the street. Why don't you ask him about what it's like to win three championships in Miami and cross on over? Why not? Because the desire is there. It's been reported that he wants to go to either Miami or New York if he wanted to leave. So you might as well make the call because you, you already got the resource right there. Make that call. Get on out of there. And you know what? You might even enhance if this if this KD stuff really is happening the way it's, the, it's being reported that they want it to happen. You could enhance help that three. You could help a three-team trade and get a help get KD to Phoenix while you go to Miami and then Utah, U.S. Pick and you uh, and the Jazz and the Nets figure out the stuff from there. But I'm just saying, you you can help yourself. Help if I'm talking to Don, uh, Donovan, I would like help me help you, brother. Help me help you. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, three, but Drew, right quick, they do a three-way with Brooklyn. We have to get Kyrie in Utah. Just to see that sociological experience. Talk about buyout. Not a buyout. He can't. He can't be allowed to buy. He got to play a year in Utah. This this, this flat world will blow up, man. Set on him for the world. Man, I I think think with, with with everything that the Nets are trying to get for KD. In addition to the where KD wants to go and his stipulations of where he wants to go, I think it, it may take more than three teams to get KD to where he ultimately is going to end up. Which a conversation for another day. I think he ends up back in Brooklyn. I think that's his best spot if if Kyrie is going to be there. But mm-hmm. I digress. Um, I think if, if I'm Utah, I'm playing the the Victor Wimbanyama sweepstakes. Like I, I'm, I'm gonna trade Donovan, see what I could do. When I say that, because Donovan doesn't seem long for Utah. You got, Josh, you already spoke to the fact that Utah is not the type of place that's going to lure big-time free agents. So I'm going to take my chances. I'm going to trade him, get what I can for him, and I'm going to play the sweet stakes and see if I can get a guy in there, a generational talent, who a lot of people are saying is the best prospect since LeBron James. So that's why I'm at with it. Well, you you say – Drew, you got to pronounce the last name for me again. But Oh, uh, Wimbayama, I believe it is. Wimbayama, is that right? Damn Wimby, Wimby. Yeah, <laughs> but it it uh, from what from uh, from observations, it does seem that they're playing that that they're tanking for Victor. As, as I just I just leave it at Victor. Uh, um, uh, Utah is, but it's it also seems that uh, San Antonio is in play for that. So you know, oh, in comparing yeah. the efforts between Utah and San Antonio, who, who do you think has done a better job of a Getting the getting the big seven three kid out of France, uh, setting them up for next year. Look at who all San Antonio let go. <laughs> they they were willing to part with an all star point guard, and they did it like willingly, like willingly. And he's on a he's on a team friendly deal. Like Dejounte Murray wasn't hurting San Antonio at all, and they were like, "Hey, we're gonna give him up." And then they didn't even um, give like a qualifying offer to Lonnie Walker, which is what led him to go to L.A. Yeah. Like they they just basically threw in a towel. Like they they they're waving the white flag. Then when they got Danilo back in the Atlanta, did they waved him? You know one thing about Danilo Gallinari, I don't know if people pay attention to it, but like even when he plays on teams that are projected to get to the lottery, they typically never get to the lottery. 
like he always tends to have career years in situations where he's he has a high usage rate and he's healthy and he's shooting the ball well. Um, he proved that in Oklahoma City. He did it with the Clippers, you know, the year before they got Kawhi and Paul George in free agency. Um, yeah. If I'm Donovan, I'm playing a, a wait and see game with Utah. One thing about Utah, I know we give them a lot of crap. It's a small market and all of that. I, I even poke fun to Utah many times. But Utah does draft well. And Utah not only drafts well, it's his team. It's not too many places where you could go and just be the guy. Granted, yeah, he could go to New York. But after seeing what they did with Jalen Brunson, no pun intended, you know, like $100 million local guy, congratulations. But that's a lot of money to throw at a guy that we haven't seen in, in, a, in a primary option role, even though I believe he will show and prove as you know, time goes along, but Utah, they, they're in a, they can do a lot of things, and it was it was Donovan's team before Rudy even left. Yeah, Mike Conley isn't the guy. Jordan Clarkson is the guy. But remember, Cal, me and you was talking about it during the Dallas series. What do the Jazz have to do in order to really, really do something in the league and take that next step? They had to get younger. They had to get more athletic. Walker Kessler, even though he's a rookie. You got a little bit athletic with him. I mean, it, 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 it depends. But then you got to think about who else is over there too. Danny Ainge. And whenever Danny Ainge is involved in something, nine times out of ten, big trades do go down. Yeah. But if I'm Donovan, I'm playing a wait-and-see approach. If, if if I got to go there and play, I mean, he's in his sixth season. He can, he can kind of play around a little bit. But if it's like middle of the season and things not working – then yeah, conversations may need to be had if it goes that long. One thing he should be doing this year to really separate himself, like I guess, or reestablish himself, he sh- he should be putting up like Dwayne Wade numbers in 05, 04, 05 or something like that. Like you talk about Dwayne Wade comparison, like he should be asserting himself in the way that Wade did prior to the 06 season when they won the championship. Like, he sh- he's got to have some sort of trajectory. He, he shouldn't be hitting a ceiling right now because there's no – who else is going to score on that team but him? So he needs to be like a top 10 score or something this – because whether whether you're trying to draw t- talent to Utah or or you're trying to make yourself uh, like, a, like a big – uh, New York Strip, wa- mouth watering to the Knicks or or the Heat or somebody. He needs to establish himself as something more than a volume shooter who you can s- depend on here and there, and not really depend on much in the playoffs. Like he's got to he's got to step up. So uh, he, that's what I would say he, about him. And, and he come back. If he if he come if he go back to Utah to start the season, I would not be shocked if Donovan Mitchell was averaging like close to thirty a game, because he has every yeah. shot he wants. Like at this point, like it, it, it like he he got the the runway open, and yeah. Rudy's out the paint, so like he he can do as he pleases, and that might be another incentive as to why he might want to stay. Yeah. When you put up those type of numbers, you could get max extensions fairly quickly. Definitely, definitely. Speaking of max extensions, we've seen a a nice group of them in these uh in the past week. 
you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to let me let me run that. I put up a link uh, from NBA.com of all the reported uh, deals so far, and I'm a I'm a go through this list and look at some of the returning contracts that uh, we got. Of course, the Zach with the five year uh, two fifteen. Darius Garland, I believe that's a record contract for Cleveland that he signed. Uh, Jokic signed essentially the biggest deal in league history for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, you know, uh, Marvin Bagley returned to the Pistons. They got, like I said, they just got him uh, in you know this past season during the midseason. Resigned him. Uh, Clippers resigned Zubak and Batum. Uh, the Lakers, that Lakers actually brought us a talent. We we can go into that for a second uh, as well. But uh, uh, they they brought in some talent actually. Uh, John Morant five year extension on his contract. Uh, I don't have the numbers there, but uh, yeah, that's you know Portis resigned with the Bucks, of course. Uh, you know Towns resigned with the Timberwolves. I think Towns. And Jokic are both represented by the same woman, and uh, that that woman actually became the first female agent to have a max extension, max contract actually, uh, for a client in the NBA. She did it two times in one day, which is uh, pretty incredible. There, uh, Zion Williamson extend uh, max extend with the Pelicans. Uh, you know, Mitchell Robinson returned to the Knicks, much to the Bulls' chagrin. Uh, Mo Bamba uh, and Magic again. Uh, Devin Booker, four-year extension with the Suns. Uh, Anthony Simmons, Yusuf Nurkic, re-signed with the Bla- uh, with the Blazers, and uh, a big, uh, big, big extension for Bradley Beal. He went out of his of his uh, current deal with Washington and uh, re-signed. For max extension with Washington, and out of all those deals, what was any of those stick out to you, or or make you scratch your head, or anything? You know, when you when you heard them, when you heard of those deals. My Midwestern brother, Bradley Deal. <laughs> what the hell, bro? Like, I, I I get that he, you know, he's getting that money. But, dude, I don't know how many max extensions you didn't sign with the Woods and they gave them chances, and they just gave you nothing but straight turds. Like, you got to move on, bro. <laughs> you got to move on. This was your one chance to go to a contender and really see what we can do with other top superstars. And you, you didn't take the chance because you, you want to stay loyal. I get it. I respect that. For real, everyone's not built that way. He, he's doing things, you know, in one of the ways that, you know, I just be, want guys to do. So I really do respect him. I have a lot of respect for him and his game and the decisions that he's made. I guess selfishly for me, I would love him to see and play with other stars on other teams to see if he can get himself a championship ring and go deeper in the playoffs. Because it ain't happening in the nation's capital. We already got the government jacked up, so you know the Wizards are jacked up. Like, nah. If, if DC ain't happening, I just wish he moved on from there to go somewhere else and try to get get a ring somewhere else from a contending perspective. Especially since teams are willing to pretty much go all in to get him, like the Miami Heat's, 
Or at one point, I think Golden State was linked to his name, was linked to him, things of that sort. So that's that's the one where I was like, bro, not what are you doing because you're collecting the bag, but bro, like you're not going to win. I want you to win. Like I want my Midwestern brother to win. We got to stick together, man. Like, come on, what you doing? But hey, I'm, kudos to him. He, he got he, my friend. He, he just loved go-go and mambo sauce too much, man. He didn't want to go nowhere. <laughs> 251 million reasons why he stayed. And I'm going to tell you something. A lot of mambo calls. Yeah, and then think about this too. Even though he's a top five player in his position, dude, like, would we all would we all agree if we said, like, Brad Bill isn't a top ten player in the league? And to be able to net that amount of money, even though he's top five among his position at the two spot, like, man, I would be like, where do I sign? And then I'm going to say this too. He has a no trade clause in the deal. Yeah. So that's the thing you got to pay attention to. And he, I think next year will be his 10th year in the league, if not 11th in Washington. He spent all his seasons in Washington as a pro. At some point, he's has he has the ability to put his card on the table and tell the front office, yo, I've given you so much like of my loyalty and devotion. If things aren't right, or if I feel like things aren't right, I would love to take me and my family elsewhere and buy for a championship. He has that ability to do that now. And, that, and, 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 and that's nothing that um, the Leonsis family who own the Wizards can take away from him at this point. I actually was kind of glad that he signed that deal in the sense that he's able to take care of his family. You know, um, Devin Booker, I'm happy for him. You know, not only to be on the cover of 2K, but you signed for 5-2-14, and then, oh, by the way, you just got an extension with Nike. You know, and he's looking like he's about to be um, in line to be like the next signature athlete with his own with his own shoe in the years to come. So um, those two really stuck out to me. I think at some point, though, Josh, you're going to get your wish, and, and I think we all want to see that. But I think it may be like a couple years down the line because Brad just turned 29. Like, that's the crazy part, too. Like, he's still young, mm-hmm. still got a little time. And I think when he gets to his 30s, he's he going to be like, okay, I've given you my loyalty. I would like to, you know, say farewell and let's agree to do a deal together. That's a good point, Gabe. And, you know, he does, yeah, he doesn't, he's one of those players again. And, and it's sort of like that way with Drummond. Like, that's a, like, when we were hearing about his deal this week, and I was I was like, oh, he's not 30 yet? Like, these players have been in the league for a decade, and you forget that, yeah, they, they came into the league when they were, like, 19, 18 yeah. years old. So, yeah, some of, some of them still haven't reached 30 yet. So, you you know, but you think of them as these old weather vets. But, uh, you know, time hasn't – he hasn't got that to that point in time, Bill – where he's feeling that press yet, but strategically, that's a like great point you made, Gabe. Having the no trade essentially allows him to pinpoint where he's his next team would be. Should he get into a position where he's like, I got to get out of here? So with that no trade clause, yeah, if, if they can't come to him and say, Oh, we are gonna trade you to Utah, <laughs> yeah, you just deal with it. No, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna say no. Say what? You're gonna trade me to here, here, or here, and that's it. If you're gonna make a deal with one of these teams, that's it. Or it may just be one team. It, you gonna you gotta make a deal with this team if you want me out. 
and then that's what he that's what he's allowed himself to do with this deal. So it's pretty savvy on his part. Yeah, this this guy didn't necessarily raise my eyebrows by signing an extension, but Zion Williamson, um, you know, re-upping with the Pelicans and at least for now putting to bed any any risk of him um trying to skate town for New York or, or any other place. It just it just feels good to have him there to, you know. That team looks to be on the rise. They gave Phoenix all they could handle. Um, they found a diamond in the rough in Alvarado. Brandon Ingram is a fringe all-star who some people might say he should be a bona fide all-star. You got CJ McCullum in there. Um, a couple of really nice rookies in Herb Jones and um, Trey Murphy. I believe he was a rookie last year. Trey Murphy was, right? Yeah. So, I mean, they, they got a lot of talent. Um, and Zion is, is the guy that if he can stay healthy, that dude is a force, man. He may not be the greatest defender in the world, but, hell, he can make up for it in a lot of other ways. Um, so, for him to re-sign there, it's a win for small market teams, much like Giannis did when he re-upped with Milwaukee. So, you know. Hooray for the small markets. <laughs> Man, there you go. You know, it'll make it easier when they move to Seattle or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's a team. You, you know what? All jokes aside, that's the team we do got to watch, though, because one with um, Tom Benson passing away and his wife Gail owning the team, like with Zion being locked up now, it, it's an asset now. Like it, it's a team that's easy to sell. It's a team that's very easy to say. It's like, hey, I got your your top guy locked up for the next five years. And right. Zion, I didn't doubt his um, willingness to sign there. I mean, when they give you reasons like that to sign, you're going to sign, especially, you know, considering on top of that, like his injury history as well. Like, I'm pretty sure, you know, his reps are like, hey, you, you take this for now. But if he if he shows and proves, I, I really believe that Zion could, could be in the running for the MVP. I really do. Like people forget this man averaged 27 on 60% shooting from the field. You don't yeah. see that every day. Yeah. And he was putting up numbers in the paint, like on a level like Shaq. He had a hell of a run a couple years ago, but it's, it's, it's just been the only run he's had so far. <laughs> yeah, in the league. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> but he's a max talent and he's a box yeah. office talent. Yeah. Right? You know, when he, and when he's healthy, you know, and he has the youth at his fingertips. Like he's a guy, he's a special player, and I've I've been blessed to see him live a couple of times. And he he's worth the price of admission. I don't say that about a lot of guys, but he's one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in this, it seemed to be the case. Drew, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you off, man. I'm gonna let you. Off. Drew got to run, but uh, we we on we gonna stay we gonna stay on for a little bit more uh, and talk about the uh, some W. NBA stuff, but gotta go. So, uh, Drew, I, uh, I'll give you a last word before you go off, man. We, uh, like I said, <laughs> just thanks for coming on. And, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, man, just everybody, everybody, everybody enjoy the weekend, the, the WNBA yeah. All Star game. Go Allie Quigley, trying to go for her, I believe, will be her fourth three point contest title, which um, if I read correctly, would kind of lead men or women for for anybody who, to ever accomplish that feat. So, yeah, all years on. Good luck. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, go ahead, and plug your stuff, man, before you go. 
Oh man, y'all can check me out on on tap Sportsnet. Check me out on Twitter. You got my tagline there. Look what Drew did. Hit me up. We can talk Bulls, basketball, anything, man. I'm all, I'm all here for the conversations. Let me know how you feel about the Bulls and whatnot. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> I do appreciate you, man. Uh, we'll no see problem. We get up with you. Oh, if we don't get up with you this weekend, we'll uh, talk to you soon. At, uh, yeah. No doubt. Good to see you guys. Good to see you too, Drew. All right, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and um, our other piece uh, of the puzzle, Steve Stephen Gardner, is having some uh, technical troubles. I was going, I was looking to get him on. He's the only one in our group who actually got some credentials this weekend. For yeah, all, but, uh, <laughs> you know, congratulations to him on that. I guess he he, he finessed it, or his people with nuts and bolts finessed it somehow. Because we had we damn sure had a, a hard ch- uh, trend getting in there, but, uh, you know, that's, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess before we go off, I just wanted to get into that a little bit. Uh, the Sky actually pulled off another win today, uh, uh, tonight, as we've been uh, talking, uh, beat the Fever. They're 16-6 now on the year, so they go into the break with a, a much better record than they did last year, and they are actually going uh, one, I guess, not necessarily won the Commissioner's Cup, but they won home court advantage for that commissioner cup game was going to take place against the aces towards the end of this month, uh, July, the end of July here. And, uh, so that's taking place here in Chicago as well as the all-star game, all-star weekend. And, um, you know, pretty exciting, man. They doing, you know, WNBA, I give it to them in some ways, you know, they begin, they getting the city into, uh, you know, festivities and everything. They, turn some water downtown orange and stuff I saw online. I mean, you know, they, they doing they doing some things, you know, but be, you know, beyond the fact that we didn't get credentials, you know, I I, I can't necessarily hold that against them because if I held uh, if I held it against people that they didn't give me credentials, you wouldn't be covering the bulls. So, you know, but uh you know, shout out to the sky though. The sky's been very uh you know the sky themselves have been very uh accommodating to Josh and Chris and myself as well over the years. So, you know, much love to the sky. I, I really appreciate that they're getting this moment in, in the sun right after winning a title and, you know, playing some of the best basketball in the league this year as well, coming into the break. James Wade, getting he's going to be uh, able to coach uh, one of the teams, coaching the, uh, uh, the Asia Wilson team. And uh, you know they, they 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 did a good job with uh, the splitting up of the All Stars, doing it like the NBA. Uh, they got a uh, you know uh, they they they're saluting Sylvia Fowles and Sue Bird as well this year, two retiring legends who are going to be playing in their last All Star game. So there's a lot to look forward to. Like Drew said, uh, the, the three point contest. Uh, which unfortunately though is not going to be with a live crowd. I'm kind of questioning that decision. I uh, don't understand, but uh, you know, they like yeah, they're not doing it in front of a live crowd. They're actually doing it in the uh, the McCormick Place and not in um, you know uh, in Wintrust Arena as well. So uh, you know uh, you know we could talk about that all day. I I'll leave it to uh, maybe next week. We'll try to get on. 
uh, James K or one of our guys, uh, you know, Chris as, as well, you know, try to talk about some of the, the uh, those issues on that side of things, but uh, some of the fallout as well from the week weekend. But, you know, like I say, the, the WBA is trying, I think, in some ways they could be doing more to work off of this uh, spotlight that I think I, I added spotlight that I think the sky winning and winning here in Chicago has provided the league. You know, I, that's just me. I think it's provided the league with a, a boost that, you know, they can, they, they can work off of, but you know, that's just me. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you guys, man. But before we go off, any thoughts on, the the league as a whole and and this weekend and you know what you what do you think about what's going on i think it's a huge win for the city in general i mean you're talking about in less than five years you know you have the nba all-star weekend as well as the WNBA all-star weekend being back hosted in the city that's a big deal um and you know you know when we were when we were involved with the nba all-star weekend festivities you know the nba showed out The, the city showed out um, and I think it's going to be very similar uh, this weekend because both leagues do well when the big city, when the big city teams are doing well within their franchises. And Chicago is one of those cities where we are able to cater to both the, uh, the NBA and the WNBA. And when they're both winning or or at least relevant, you know, it really does a lot uh, for what the league for the league for both leagues as a whole. So. Uh, I think it's a big win for the city to be able to host another All-Star Weekend just at a different league. And um, for them to be able to, you know, exploit this, especially in summertime shy, which is... That's, that's, that's about to say, John, we, you were here at the beginning of the show. We were talking a lot about summertime basketball here in the city and the environment that comes with that with different pro-ams and, the, and you know, the historical things that have been done in the city. It's dope to be able to have an all-star game here in Chicago in the summer as opposed to <laughs> the winter when it was when the NBA was here. Like I mean, we like I said we still showed out, but it was like in 20 degree weather. You know, thankfully it didn't snow that week, but it was it was brick out there as, as they say on the East Coast. Like it was, it was the hawk was out, as we say here in Chicago yeah. during that week. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> It, it, it was, it was, but it was still fun. It was still a lot of fun. But, but to have, like, say, have something like this in the summer is really dope. And you know, one thing about the city of Chicago, man, we, we love all star games anyway. You know, anytime when we don't get too many, it's only three I can recall in my lifetime: the 03 MLB All Star Game, the 2020 mm-hmm. NBA All Star Game, and the 2022 WNBA All Star Game. And with this being the first one that's in the city, I think it's a real big deal. Considering the fact that you know the sky have never had it, and the fact that the sky are having it, you know the defending world champions uh, coming in with one of the best records in the league. You, know, you got three all stars, actually four, I believe, with with uh, Meesman, right? Yeah, yeah. With Meesman, yeah. So you know Meesman, CP3, and uh, Kalia Copper, and you know Courtney Vandersloot, James Wade, you know lead team Wilson. It, it's it's a good look. Um, I wish I was able to get a ticket, but uh, it, it, it seems like it's gonna be a, a fun. A fun, um, you know, get together and seeing some of the league's top stars, you know, coming down onto the city. Uh, I, I know it'll it'll be a, a cool event. Yeah, shout out! I, I I was about to say his name, but one of our colleagues, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna leave his name out, but one of our colleagues, uh, you know, that we text with said that 
he could he he might sell his ticket because he he might could get two hundred for it. So I'm like, that's yeah, I was good. looking at the prices. Yeah, he 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 right. He yeah. right. <laughs> That, that's pretty good for a WNBA All Star game, man. I kind of, I kind of regret not putting in. I was, I was, I put, I put all my eggs in the credential basket. So that's what, that's another thing, kids. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. So uh, you know, learn from Uncle Kai. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> always get you a ticket that you could flip in the meanwhile. True, anyway. But yeah, that it's, it's, it should be fun. It should be a fun and and and. And again, looking at uh, events like this and weekends like this, you have the ancillary events that that occur throughout the city. People, you know, the, the NBA all nothing beats the NBA All Star Weekend. This, you know, whatever you, you want to call it, Black Thanksgiving, as they as some people call it, whatever. But it is it's as much of a uh, a convention, a basketball convention, as anything. And and that was such a dope weekend for just networking and events all over all all hours of the day you could go to places and and do things and you know uh involving the the basketball at every level and uh you know i think there'll be quite a bit of that too with the wa probably like i say not on the same scope as the, the nba but the wnba i've already been seeing some things out there so if you see anything out there that you think could support the game and support you know, go out and show, show out. We definitely, uh, you know, like I say, as, as always, we um, uh, endorse the support of the game in general, support of women's athletes, at athletics. You know, go out and, and show that these things are profitable and that they're fun and that people in, can enjoy them. And, and maybe they'll come back to Chicago sooner or later. And, uh, and, and maybe they'll make these events bigger and better and, and more profitable and, and that could go back into the sport of women's basketball and the and the WNBA league. So that's that's all that uh in, in the end that we want to see. Yeah. But uh we'll leave it at that I guess at this point. Uh you know we got a Got a, no more shows coming up to you. I'm, I, I, I can't say when exactly, but I guess next week we'll probably come back with something again to uh, to recap the All-Star Weekend and, and look at you know, how things played out here. We may we may be outside. Like like I said, we, we you know, Josh and Gabe, we, we will be outside in some manner this weekend. So we, we'll, we'll probably have a couple stories between us to, uh, to relay back to y'all from What's, what's going on from what happens this weekend and everything uh, regarding the All-Star or even, like I say, other events that's going on here in the city. There's a couple of basketball-related things that I've that have come across my desk that uh, I'm interested in and in going out to this weekend. So we'll we'll keep y'all up on everything as, as usual. At every level of basketball, we keep our eyes and ears open. And um, until, you know uh, – uh, we, we just uh, keep up, keep our eyes open, of course, on the NBA and the free agency. Uh, you know, we don't know when news is going to break on any deals involving certain uh, Brooklyn Nets. But you know, when the time comes, we definitely will be on that as well. And, uh, yeah, also, you know, we should mention as we put uh, I put it back on the screen, you know, free Brittany Griner. Till Brittany Griner is free, 
bring her home. You know, she uh, pled guilty on that charge uh, in, in, in Russia today. That's sort of a formality at this point. You know, uh, it's, it's a hell of a situation. But uh, there's going to be a lot of ex exposure of that, of her situation this weekend as well. That's the great thing about these sort of events as well, the, the platform that they provide us, the added platform. And, you know, a lot of people are going to be speaking up on her behalf here in Chicago, uh, you know, this weekend. So, you know, we we want you to, you know, be among be among those if you if you like. And, uh, you know, we put the link up every show wearebg.org if you want to be more informed about what's going on with her uh if you want to just sign petitions to bring her home you know make keep on making that noise you know free britney grinder to britney grinder is free and uh, we definitely support that and um yeah that's it for now guys i, I let i give you one more chance to speak if you got anything to say no man, just gonna be just gonna you know looking forward to this weekend. I know I'm gonna go to 35th and Shields, see what the White Sox on, but after that, yeah, I'm gonna try and see what's going on with these All Star festivities and whatnot for sure. Yeah, there's some there's some there's some stuff out there. I'll definitely let y'all know what I see if I see anything more coming across. Uh, Josh, what, what's up with you, man? You you, you gonna be oh Josh yeah. I, I I may we may see Josh out in these IG streets this weekend. You know, <laughs> see, uh, following some you know, some of your favorite uh, WNBA stars, you may see Josh pop up in the in a couple IG stories, man. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. Um, if all those fails, I know we talked about something. Well, you know, regarding the Jordan thing that we uh, that's happening Sunday. Um, but aside from that, I might be in the building Sunday. I might be in the building to check out the game. We'll see. Um, but outside of that, you know, don't – let's put it this way. Be safe out there. You know, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. So, you know, be safe out there, you know, with COVID everything. Be safe. Be responsible. And, you know, I'm a man that loves to have fun and do his thing, but don't be stupid. Just don't be stupid. Live your life and do – you know, have be responsible with the things that you do. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. Yes, and, and be be aware out there. Be thoughtful of others. Uh, if you see any, if you see any weirdos out there, man, you, you may I, I I buy by any stitching of any weirdos, man. Especially after what happened in Highland Park, man. man look, we, let's let's we got to end, we got to stop this madness, man. We got to stop it, and you know we got to come together and protect each other against these evil people out here I, I i'd have no problem calling them evil man if you go out and do the things that people do at, that people are willing to do at you know like at, at places like parades and churches and you know peace peaceful gatherings you know these people don't ask for these to be in these situations and if you're willing to put people in a situation like that just because your life is screwed up man just you know, get out of here with that, man. You know, we, we got no time for you, for people like that. So, you know, rest in peace to those who we lost this week. And, uh, you know, let's let's hope that uh, there's no more tragedies this coming weekend. And let's uh, hope that everybody can be safe and gather big, you know, let's, let's have big gatherings, man. We had so long where we couldn't be gathered, you know. We, we shouldn't give that up just because of, people with evil in their hearts. 
who don't know how to deal with others. So and that's all I want to say about about that. Sean, uh, on the on the other hand, you know, <laughs> uh, my bad on the drip, drip, uh, battery done. Okay. Sean's battery died on him, so we 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 just we'll allow him to say goodbye from from uh, the blank screen there. <laughs> but thank you for coming, dog, Sean. Man, we appreciate you, and uh, appreciate you, brothers. Appreciate everyone who supports our show and War Media. Like I said, we'll be back soon next week at some point. Uh, look out for us. Sub, uh, I say. Uh, uh, subscribe to us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at War Media. Follow the the homies individually, and uh, subscribe to us on YouTube as well. And you'll know when you'll know in advance when we come on live next here with Running with War and all our other great shows on R War Media, including uh, In the Scope with Josh Hicks and uh, at Bat our Baseball Podcast. Gabe was on there last week. Uh, you know, had enjoyed himself as, as well as Chris. Uh, they were both on the last week. And, um, of course, uh, Second City Sports with uh, Sid and Lakina. You could get those rebroadcasts re after they come on on Sports Zone Chicago. So, uh, yeah, just keep rocking with us, keeping it hot throughout the summer. And in the meantime, enjoy your weekend, enjoy the weather, and keep bouncing.